I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I would like to remind you to like us, review us, subscribe, and follow us anywhere you can or want to. We're at Wildcat Dojo all over the web at .com for our webpage, Wildcat Dojo Conversations on Instagram, or just Dojo Conversations at AOL. This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to another history episode. That's right. This time we're doing gladiators. How did we think of this one, Sensei? Okay. So I'm in the waiting room at my acupuncturist, and I saw an article in National Geographic. Of course, it caught my eye, but that's no surprise. (laughs) What I didn't know was that I was going to like it so much that I actually went online and bought the magazine. (laughs) Well, not to interrupt, but it's a good thing that I am here because you guys didn't even say who we are yet. I'm Sensei J. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. I'm Sensei Michelle. Sensei Jackie here. And of course, I'm Landon. Thank you, Sensei J, for that friendly Mm -hmm. reminder. Shall we get started? Yes. All right. This is a jam-packed episode. And of course, we did use the National Geographic article that I mentioned. It was from August of 2021, in case you want to look it up. Oh, Sensei. But we also used Britannica.com, an article on the History Channel website, and Quora, too. Thank you for that, Sensei Jackie. We like Quora. It's true. I did like the article on the History Channel because it was about weird facts about gladiators. Anyway, are you going to start us out here, Sensei Jackie? Yes, and uh, this ties into your reference on weird facts. Huh. The definition we found of the gladiator is, and I quote here, a professional combatant in ancient Rome. But I'll add, spoiler alert, you'll see in our weird facts that gladiators did not start in Rome. Okay, so I'm already annoyed with the definition, right? right? But we'll move on. I can stop being annoyed, I promise. The first (laughs) ever event in the Roman Empire was in 264 BCE, which we talk about it a lot, but BCE is before the Common Era. The event was held at the funeral of Brutus. And there were three fights. True, but by the time Julius Caesar died in 44 BCE, the event had 300 pairs of combatants. And it had gone from being an afternoon event to lasting a month or longer. That's a lot of hot dogs and popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) That really is. So basically, in 200 years, that's how much it grew. Us? Us. Did you guys know that they are still digging up relics from the gladiators? I saw that in the National Geographic magazine. I'm I'm kind of shocked about that. I can't believe it either. But they show signs that the combat events were held in cities other than Rome, other than the Colosseum. In fact, archaeologists have found at least 300 sites where these events took place. Us, this is interesting. They found evidence of amphitheaters as far south as Morocco, as far north as Great Britain, and as far east as Asia Minor, near Iraq and Saudi Arabia. That's wild. That map in National Geographic is a keeper. I don't think we can put it up on Twitter, but it's a really cool map. It shows all the different places they had amphitheaters, right? And you know what's amazing about that is that the amphitheaters all use the same basic design. That's true. But I read there that some of them had underground rooms and others didn't. That's true. And I love this one. 
because it seems too modern to have been done in the days of Julius Caesar. The events were announced days in advance, and the event had headliners. The stars and the date and the sponsors were also on the advertisement. I did mm. love that trivia. That's awesome. <laughs> but do you know what came to mind? Do you think they were using tablets and they had to have... <laughs> instant replay it took a while i don't know what they used that's a great that's question funny. i'm sure they had paper by then but the vision to me was just like all of these men quickly hammering on the table <laughs> wow okay i'm gonna move us on here to the actual event and what happened as the show started the first fight was usually with wooden weapons and no one died so that's interesting yes then the more brutal fighting started after that and another spoiler alert to 10 odd facts from history.com. Not all the fights ended in death. That seems to be what the history is telling us. But here's a weird fact that wasn't covered in the weird facts to come. <laughs> On rare occasions, gladiators became politically important because they were also used as bodyguards for the noblemen. Mm, really? That's a cool one. And I have another weird fact that wasn't in the tent to come. Some gladiators rebelled and kind of stood up for themselves. According to the Britannica article, one example is a famous gladiator named Spartacus. This is true. According to LiveScience.com, he was a Thracian gladiator who led the indentured fighters to revolt. At one point, he had a following in the thousands. He beat down the Roman armies over six times up and down the Italian peninsula and was finally killed in 71 CE. So we're in the common era now. Okay, we can't move on till we talk about the Kirk Douglas movie Spartacus. I saw that when I was 10 years old. I cried at the end and I think I was a uh, gladiator for a month in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> I did immediately think of that particular version of the movie, and I don't remember seeing it. Do you remember seeing it since the Jackie? I bet we did. I'm sure we did, but being young and maybe not wanting to be a gladiator like Sensei J. <laughs> <laughs> so it caused me to look up the movie trivia about Spartacus, and I'm telling you, I found a site called RomanCinematicUniverse.com. And that just blows my mind. I know. If you have a subject, they have a universe in the web for it, right? And a podcast that goes along with it. <laughs> or more than one. <laughs> That's true. Okay, here's what they say. The first reference to Spartacus's rebellion that they list is in 1873, and it was published in installments by Raffaello Giovagnoli Publications. And, of course, there are the movies. So many movies. Let's round Robin up. Okay, I'll start. There was one in 1909. It was a short film and has since been lost. But it led to a retelling in 1913. Right. And there's a 1926 film. It was a Soviet production. Interestingly, both of those films were based on the Raffaello Giovagnoli work. That is interesting. Moving on to a 1953 version called Sins of Rome. It didn't have any stars that we are familiar with, and it didn't say where it was filmed. So that's pretty interesting, right? Okay, I'm going back to what might be the most famous of all the Spartacus films, the 1960 version that you just referenced, Sensei J. Yes. Because it was directed by Stanley Kubrick, which I did not know. 
Oh, I didn't know that. And I think we, we've already mentioned that it starred Kirk Douglas, the famous father of Michael Douglas, for those of you who don't know who Kirk Douglas <laughs> is. with Yes, he and he was such a star at the time. Yes, he was. But there is one more, a 2004 uh, miniseries called Spartacus. And I think a great number of our listeners will have seen that on TV. Oh, well, I know you just said there is one more, but I have to add another series that ran on stars from 2010 to 2013. And it was also called Spartacus. All right. With the pop culture, <laughs> a lot of coverage. <laughs> Can I finish this by saying in different depictions, he dies different ways. But according to Quora, there are two possible ways that he dies. Do you guys want to hear it? Yes, sure. I do. So opinion one is that he may have been killed in the last revolt that he led. And there are some ancient drawings showing him fighting to the death. It's pretty interesting. That one is interesting. And then opinion two is that if he didn't die in battle, he was surrounded and killed by the Roman army. Either way, everyone agrees that his body was never found. You know, that's a lot more than I remember from uh, world history class. <laughs> but I like this. There's a statue of Spartacus at the Louvre in Paris. And in that statue, he looks really menacing. Doesn't he? Yes, he does. It's huge. And he looks really dangerous. Does he look like Kirk Douglas? No, there's he not does a, not. There's no dimple in his chin in that one. <laughs> But let's get back to finishing this history so we can start on those weird facts. Sound good? Us and Us. I'm going to reference the Nat Geo article, and I'm going to bring up a man named Bryce Lopez. He's a former French policeman and a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Mm -hmm. Over a quarter of a century ago, he started studying ancient fighting styles, and he runs a gladiator school of reenactors. Wow. Now that is a big deal. Right? What a yes. career switch. Yes. His studies, along with the work of other historians, led to a few interesting facts. One is that there were schools for gladiators back in the day. The gladiators were considered property, expensive property because they had to be housed and trained. Before we go on, I'm curious, do you see a parallel between those gladiators and some of the samurai? And I saw the parallel between gladiator schools and schools of sumo wrestlers. Oh, oh, or because, even even the kendo people. Because they were housed and trained and you invested You're right. in them. So You're right. I'm not really sure where this ends up. Anyway, where were we? On that same subject, if you were the lead teacher at a gladiator school, you lived in disgrace. But if you owned and rented out gladiators, you were seen as having a legitimate business. That bothers me on a few different levels, right? Yes. Okay, I want to round robin a few random facts before we finish with the 10 weird facts. Right. Are you still with me? Yes, I'll start. This is a third spoiler alert for the 10 facts to come. In the research by Mr. Lopez, he wondered why someone would wear 45 pounds of armor and carry only a 12 to 14 inch blade. He concluded that the gladiators weren't trying to kill each other, that what they were really doing was just trying to put on a good show. And uh, that's been backed up by a lot of historical evidence. Since gladiators were expensive, losing them was also expensive. That makes sense. Even though this came from the National Geographic article, I think it's as weird as the other facts. Schools would rent out their gladiators 
and it was on a you break it, you bought it basis. <laughs> so if a guy rented you his gladiator and you got him killed, you had to pay for him. I'm going to read the quote from the article. One Roman writer describes a particularly expensive show thrown by a young nobleman who had recently inherited a fortune. Using his fortune, he bought the best steel, no running away with a butchery done in the middle so the whole amphitheater can see. Okay, that's yuck on a few levels to me. I certainly think so. I'm not sure that our weird facts are going to beat anything we've done so far. Are you? I don't know. Uh, Why don't we find out? Right. We're going to give it a try, and you're going to start it out, Sensei Jackie. Uh, This is from an article in the History Channel. We love them. We certainly do. Do you remember that that's where you got the idea to do the episode on the Masamune Katana? I totally remember that. That was a great episode. Yes, it was. One of my favorites. Us, me too. We should tag it into the show notes. Will do. Back to it. Us, I'll start. Not all gladiators were slaves. At the beginning, they were slaves and criminals. But by 1 CE, men began to sign up with gladiator schools. The people who did this were usually ex-soldiers with an occasional nobleman joining in to show off. (laughs) (laughs) I like it, Sensei Jay. And here's one of the facts that we mentioned earlier. The Romans weren't the first gladiators. History says it was the Etruscans. And it started as a blood sport staged at funerals of the nobility to appease the gods and stop the sacrifice of innocent lives. That kind of seems like damned if you do, damned if you don't. But here's our second fact that we spoiled earlier. They didn't always fight to the death. There were rules, referees, and some fights may have been called when a fighter was seriously injured. There is some evidence that the crowd would be allowed to control the outcomes. By their yelling and hand motions, they would allow someone to live or condemn them to death. Right. On that note, it's been made kind of famous from the movies that doing the thumbs down signaled death. But more than one source says it may have actually been a thumbs up to signal death, coupled with a chant of slay him. The chant used to save him was supposedly let him go. Either way, it's completely creepy. I just think that maybe they were singing let him go. <laughs> let him go. That was hilarious. Only during the winter if they were frozen. <laughs> I did not make that segue in my mind, but I second Jackie's emotion. The whole thing is very creepy. Is this as creepy as the poison one was? Oh, creepier. It would definitely pay to have a lot of friends in, in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where are we? Well, here's something. By the time the Coliseum opened in ADCE, fighters were categorized by things like their fighting style, experience, special weapons they used, and even the way they fought. Hmm. I like that one. I took this one because I'm 100% sure that Sensei Jackie does not like to talk or think about cruelty to animals. So if you meet her on the street, don't discuss it. And frankly, neither do I. But the weird fact is that fights against animals were rare, and they were carried out by a special class of warrior. They listed all kinds of animals, and I'm telling you guys, they listed all kinds of animals, like 40 kinds of animals. It was really creeping me out. 
but two weird ones were ostriches and crocodiles. Well, I hope the animals kit there. Okay, okay. I know, I know the ostriches. <laughs> <laughs> Next fact, please. Yes, ma'am. Women fought. By the first century CE, women were established fighters. It's hard to say what role they played, but historians found a marble relief made in the second century CE showing a fight between two women. In an interesting side note, in the relief, the drawing, they were named Amazon and Achillea, and it says they fought to a draw. By 200 CE, women were banned from the arena. Very interesting. Moving back to the Spartacus reference from earlier, some gladiators did organize. They called their organizations collegia and had leaders and would prepare funerals for fallen brothers and would look after the family that lost their dad. Whoa. That kind of really puts a face on things, right? Yes. I'm going to keep it going with the mention earlier that some noblemen slummed it up by fighting. Caligula, Titus, and Hadrian were known to fight. All historical sources agree that these were staged events so that the noblemen would for sure come out the victor. Big surprise. Right? <laughs> It, it does remind me of some modern day things. Yes, it totally does. But I don't want to go down that road. So I'm going to ask Sensei Jay to finish this list for me, please. Sure. Gladiators became celebrities and even sex symbols. In town murals and in some homes, they found portraits on walls of gladiators. And kids made action figures depicting their favorite fighter out of clay. Wow. Right. And, and on the sex symbol side of this, Here's a couple of quotes from the article. Fighters could catch the girls at night in their net. Ooh. And another said that a certain gladiator was the delight of all the girls. First of all, I'm speechless. <laughs> but anyway, let's get back on it. Don't shoot the messenger, Landon. <laughs> Can we leave this behind without one more pop culture reference? Uh. And that is... The movie that I saw and enjoyed, I think it was in around 2012, actually. Oh, maybe even before. That was a long time ago that we saw that movie. It was called Gladiator, and it starred Russell Crowe. Good movie. Yeah. It's not about Spartacus. That's why I didn't bring him up with the Spartacus references. But I certainly can't leave it behind. That's it. Okay. Did you guys ever wonder what happened to the gladiators? Yes, I've wondered that. No, have you really? Yes. I never really thought about it until I read this article. I didn't think about it. So, according to our sources, Constantine abolished the gladiator games, games, fights, in 325 CE, but everybody agrees they kept on running. And this is known because they were abolished again by Honorius between 393 and 423 CE. That date isn't perfect. Us. But the Britannica article says that they may have continued for as long as 100 years after that, which is just shocking. Right? Although it reminded me a lot of things like prohibition and, you know, other things that they've outlawed. True, and, and perhaps a form of it is still existing today. Well, we know there were reenactors because that's what that's the right. whole National Geographic article, one of the things they talked about was the reenactors. And there are some nice pictures in there of all the things. So if you want my Nat Geo magazine, get in touch. I'll mail it off to you. It's a fantastic magazine. Yes, it is. It really is. All right. That's all we have on Gladiators. 
But I am thinking about doing an entire episode on just the weapons of the gladiators. I wonder oh. which ones cross over to karate weapons that we've already done. That would be cool. Oh, right? I want to know. So I'm going to have to start looking into that in my spare time <laughs> and see what I come up with. But right now it's time for Honor Athletics, athletics of, of course. course. We love them. I say that every single time. Thanks, Cynthia. You're the greatest. And I'm going to start in the backwards machine and say, when you call her, use the code WildcatJojo for your 10% discount, please. And if you're going on the web, look for them at honor-athletics.com. Or click the link below. Us. And you can call them to place an order at 770-945-5150. And I just sent her texts the other day and ordered some gear. I just did it. So... I don't know if you'd want to meet her through text, but certainly that is an easy way to do business with somebody these days, right? Us. Your phone's in your hand. Yes, it always is. So now it's time for me to say thank you, Sensei Jay. You're welcome. Always my pleasure to be here. (laughs) It was a wild day. It always is. (laughs) (laughs) I love this subject, though. So much more than I would have ever thought. Yeah. All right. Who's going to start me? You? I will. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Bye, everybody. See you next week. And with that, I am signing out. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.